Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, everybody. I've got a little bit of housekeeping here before we get into the episode about Instagram and Theology Beer Camp. So I've been getting more active on Instagram, and I just want to let you guys know, in case you want to see me make some videos where I look directly into the camera, I'm sharing some stories and posts about basically all the topics that we cover on this show over at Instagram.com slash Dan Koch. That's C-O-K-E, and the link is in the show notes. Also, Theology Beer Camp is returning in 2024, October 17th through 19th. The theme is Return of the God Pods. That is a Lord of the Rings reference, which should surprise nobody. I will be there alongside Brian McLaren, Diana Butler-Bass, the New Evangelicals, Bible for Normal People, Tony and Josh from GGCH, of course, Trip Fuller and Homebrewed Christianity, and a whole grip of others. And you can use the promo code RETURNOFYHP, all one word, for $25 off your ticket. Prices go up starting June 1st. That link will be in the notes. I hope to see a bunch of you guys there in October. It was a serious highlight of last year for me. My name is Dan Koch. Like many of you, I've been on a complicated faith journey for a number of years now. And while I tend to find myself on the progressive side of Christianity, my goal is not to make liberal converts. I want this show to be a resource for Christians to my right and to my left, as well as former Christians and non-religious folks, anyone who finds themselves asking difficult questions about God, science, prayer, fate, suffering, evangelism, and more. So many of us have been given bad answers to those good questions, often by people with pure intentions. I want to say that you have permission to take both Christianity and the modern world very seriously. And I hope to facilitate that by introducing you to people seeking God across the Christian spectrum, engaging hard questions in a multitude of ways. Thanks for listening. 
Today's episode is unique in that it is basically a two-parter. I had two shorter conversations with Andy Squires and Matt Wright about a post of Andy's. You might remember him recently from a uh, Worries About Progressive Christianity episode that we had maybe six months ago, something like that. And he had this really interesting post about this tension between the idea of self-care and the Christian idea of taking up your cross to follow Jesus. And I immediately latched on, of course, to uh, some nice, nice psychological tension, some ideological tension. That's the stuff I live for. And I also talked about it as I was seeing that with my friend Matt, who has a bipolar one diagnosis that he received uh, just about two years ago. So I wanted to talk with each of them about that. And so part one is my conversation with Andy, part two with Matt, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Andy Squires, welcome back. I really enjoyed our Worries About Progressive Christianity episode. We'll put a link to that if people want to kind of hear more from you. And it's good to be talking to you again. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm so excited. I've we've we've been trying to get this together for a while and it's uh it's yeah, I'm stoked to be here. I think actually 5 months now. <laughs> mm. <laughs> So you wrote one of these sort of poetic Instagram posts that that you are wont to create that I really enjoy. And you were talking about the difference between I think what you phrase it as like self-care versus take up your cross and follow me. Am I remembering that right? Or or do you want to kind of correct the record? Yeah, I I don't think I was pitting the two things against each other. I I think it was more of an invitation for to to remember kind of the self-sacrificing um, dynamic of following Jesus. And, I, and it, it does feel a little bit to me like in the moment that we're in, that piece is maybe being diminished a little bit, but I could be wrong about that. It was just maybe something that I have just observed. I, I find in faith circles now, this, this is interesting. I hear more about therapy and taking care of one's mental health yeah more than i ever have and and i sure. think i think that was a needed course correction because at least in my tradition that i grew up in we we never talked about anything like that and yeah so i think that's a good thing and so it's so typical of us as human beings we find a new thing, we find a new muscle to use, and then and then we shift to only using that muscle. And so I think for the sake of that particular essay, I was I was maybe just, you know, in, in the way that I do. I'm not I'm neither a scholar, theologian, or academic of any kind. I'm just kind of uh paying attention and riffing accordingly. And so I was just I have this sense right now that some of the particulars of following Jesus seem to be maybe not looked down upon, but I, I for one, believe there's kind of an inherent power in that cruciform life that is, I, I think is, can be, it's not always, but it can be therapeutic. Hmm. It, it can be healing to us as human beings in a way that, self-care I don't think can it's Um, interesting so obviously I think of this with some different 
tools and lenses because I'm a working therapist, right? So mm-hmm. I, I have a different perspective on it. I'll tell you what I agree with wholeheartedly. We are definitely in an age of self-care at the moment uh, in, let's just call it like, I don't know, modern American culture, including Christian culture. The middle and left segments or progressive segments of Christian culture, I'm sure there's still plenty of conservative Christian culture that is just as anti-therapy as it was when I was growing up. And, you know, Mm -hmm. those pockets are probably smaller, though. Uh, I think that's safe, safe to say that mainstream evangelicalism, for instance, now is pretty accepting. At least the pastors and staff members of those churches are generally pretty accepting and embracing of the fact that some people need therapy. Uh, and mm-hmm. you can you can practice regular psychotherapy in a way that is not in conflict with a basic Christian life. I think that's changed dramatically over over the course of my life of 40 years, I would say for sure. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think you're right about is uh, in, in some circles there, there is like such a focus now on self-care and. You know, people will say, like, put your oxygen mask on before helping another, you know, the, these kinds of phrases and whatnot. And um, I truly, truly believe in self-care. I, I can maybe unpack what I mean by that if we if we think it would be helpful. I have to engage in it myself as a mm-hmm. therapist. And maybe that's worth kind of unpacking a little bit here. So when I show up to a session of therapy with a client. I have to be on. I got to be on my game. They are here. Mm -hmm. They are paying me good money. Not only are they paying good money for my time, but we are dealing with their life. We have kind of the the most tender parts of their life in our hands together for that 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I can't show up to that kind of half cocked. You know, I can't, I can't show up to that burnt out. I can't show up to that hung over. I can't, you know, there's all these kinds of things I can't do to be able to give that person my best work, which to translate that into theological terms to sort of show up in the room with them as a beloved child of God with this, you know, the, the, their, their insides hanging out kind of at least yeah. for part, part of that session. And so it's a big part of therapeutic education, for instance, to focus on self-care because the way that I would, the way I think about it is like in my off hours, in the hours where I'm not doing my job, I need to make sure I'm doing enough for my own mental health and physical health and energy levels and whatnot so that, you know, it's, it's not dissimilar to being a surgeon. Like when you're in surgery, you got to be fucking on, like you have to be at your best and you don't have to be mm-hmm. quite at your best when you're just talking in the in the doctor's lounge, you know, but mm-hmm. in surgery, you got to be. And so that's my context for self-care, which is, I recognize, particular to my job. Right. Yeah. And so, like, I do my Pretty Good Vibrations music podcast. Uh, I think of it as self-care. It is like this yeah. hobby that I pursue. It's fun. It involves social connection with people that I love. Many friends I don't get to talk to as much anymore because we're not in bands anymore, you know, so that kind of thing. So I engage in things like that. Uh, Of course, there's many other kinds of self-care. There's exercise. There's, you know, just having a nice coffee and reading a book or going for walks or, you know, whatever. 
That's my context for self-care. I, I, I assume you don't, you have no problem with any of that. I'm, I'm positive. Yeah. Zero. And I mean, I am, I am the, admittedly, I am the king of self inebriation as far as I can tell, like (laughs) between, between Netflix and, and coffee and, you know, so, so my position isn't one where I, I live some kind of Spartan lifestyle where I, like the pleasure centers of my brain are turned off and I no longer, (laughs) you know, listen to them. It's, yeah, I'm I'm fully with you so far on everything that you've said. I'm yeah. yeah. But I do think the reason I wanted to talk with you and then and talk later in the other half of this episode with with Matt Wright is there is an interesting tension here. And mm-hmm. because there is something about the call to a Christian life in I think basically any form of a Christian vision of of the good life of of the Christian's role in the world Part of which is take up your cross and follow me. Uh, you have to lose your life to gain it, right? That's a quote from Jesus. Like now we can maybe we got we can have a fun time figuring out where that tension is exactly. But on the surface already, there's something. There's some tension there. Like c- can losing your life to gain it, like where does self-care fit into that? Uh, can it, you yeah. know, like, like th- those, that's kind of where my brain went of like, there, there yeah. is a tension. Self-care is obviously there's a, a broad spectrum associated with that term. Mm-hmm. So there's folks who are paying whatever to go to their therapy session because they know that they just, they, in order to like maintain some level of sanity, that's, that is an essential piece of their health puzzle, Right. But then there's 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 a whimsical version to this where it's like, you know, we're 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 drinking wine every like it's 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 winter time and the sun's going down. We're drinking ourselves into our beds every night now, and 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 so I I think that's the part where I'm I'm wanting to push against because I I, I think that sometimes. You know, especially for folks who have any kind of addiction issues, self-care is not going to take on the same form as folks that need to go out and party to just, you know, and I got nothing against party. And I'm just saying, I I think that maybe in my initial post, I was I was hoping to encourage people that sometimes, well, well, first of all, there's a limit to what pleasure can bring you. Yeah. And some, so I think in the losing cruciform piece or in, in how to translate Jesus's phrase of, unless you lose your life or, you know, can't quote it right now, but it's, it's, it's this piece of like surrendering in order to gain, like losing first, losing Mm -hmm. first, putting down that bottle of red wine so that I can get up in the morning without a hangover, go to work, whatever, you know? Yeah. No, I think there really is something there. Like basically the the way that I am kind of interested in trying to fit these two things together is I think that probably the answer is if we can find a good working definition of self-care. That's, that's it. We will, I don't think we'll have a lot of tension, maybe harder is the working definition of 
of self abdication or or dying yeah. to self. Yes. So maybe let's talk about that because one problem that I think in our more therapy conversant, I think sort of a, a more enlightened view, like literally lightened up by the light of careful scientists doing good work to understand yeah. humanity. What we're beginning to see is that uh, die to yourself as a directive is not one size fits all in the way that it is received by people with different personality types, people with different uh, family histories, right? Yes. People for whom those kinds of messages are loaded with different meanings because of their, because of mm -hmm. their differences in their lives. So, you know, the, the, the sort of lowest hanging fruit is the, uh, the woman or, or girl as, as it starts out, who is raised Christian and is basically told that she's got one way forward to be a yes. good, godly Christian woman. And that is to become a helper, you know? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and so when she hears die to yourself, that's the Christ-like way that gets a bunch of specific meat put on the bone, right? That yeah. like I didn't get when I heard that language, you know, at the same age because I was a boy. Yeah. And so there were different yeah. ways that I might die to self. I could be, I could be like mm -hmm. a, a self-sacrificial, uh, like, like armed forces member where I'm, I'm able to use all this brute strength and masculinity to protect the weak. And that's a way I could yes. die to myself or I could preach. I could be in charge, but I could be a servant leader and, and women yeah. and girls were not, those weren't open. This is not only a gendered thing, but I think we could maybe start there. Well, and also just people in general who have massive issues connected to rejection or, yeah. or, or having, having been abandoned by yes. somebody who was, who should have been giving them support and nurture. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I think it's important to tie back into this conversation. Just love the Lord your God with all your heart, your strength and your uh, mind, and then love your neighbor as you love yourself. So even 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 the idea of self-love is biblical. So and but 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 just because that's stated in the, the, the text of Scripture doesn't mean people automatically love themselves. Right. So. I'm a hundred percent with you when it comes to interpreting that vision of dying to oneself is, is difficult. I actually don't know how to broadcast a wholesale prescription of how to do that for each person. And I think you stated this earlier and I think it's so true. It's like, these are not one size fits all things. And, and I, and I think for me, a lot of times when I'm writing, I'm writing to myself. <laughs> I, I, That's come clear. I come across. That's clear. As, I really like yes. that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm really, I, I'm broadcasting these things like I'm somebody who, a guru or whatever, just, but, but it, it's, it's, it's a proclamation to myself. And I think that mm -hmm. I don't really have control over much. I, I've realized that the older I've gotten, there's there's very little I actually have control over, including myself. I mean, man, I've I, I've have had battles in my life that I I mean, I've been married for 30 years and you would think you would think that we would have our stuff together by now. But gosh, we still fight like cats and dogs. Right. Mm. 
And in fact, Amy and I just had a conversation yesterday. It was that old thing of like, I wish you weren't this way. And then your spouse <laughs> says back to you, oh yeah, really? That's funny because I wish you weren't this way. You know, yeah. a- a- Amy and I actually don't speak in terms like that very often because we know that that is a losing project. But, yeah. but we hit this moment yesterday and, and for me that, that, really brought me to a place where in order to move forward into a, where the relationship that was broken, there was a breach in our, our daily intimacy. I absolutely had to forget self-care because the version of self-care that I wanted to do was say to her, I am the king of this castle and the Mm. way you are behaving is encroaching on my happiness, right? And she's like, yeah, but you're an asshole. That's the real issue here. And so, and then she being a a, a far better person and and smarter than me on almost every front leaves me, (laughs) me with that thing of like, okay, I can either go nuclear in this moment and, and create a further gap within our relationship right now, or I can choose this moment to take the low road, or I guess that would be the high road, but to get low yeah, and to kind of like own, own what she's saying about me in this, in this moment. And gosh, it's, it's so hard to swallow your pride. I wish, I, I feel like I've been going on and on about humility to myself for 30 years now, and I'm still not comfortable with it. You know, I still, I still choking down my, my desires in that moments of conflict. And, th- and this is probably where I think about these issues more than anything is just within the con- the confines of my own family unit, you know, like, and I, and I know this, I know this to be true that when I do maybe in that moment, at least not put the emphasis on self-care and I put the emphasis on giving up my life for the sake of this, g- mm-hmm. giving up the potential of being right. Yeah in order to preserve the relationship. Yeah. Which and, uh, was one of these famous couples therapists. I don't know if it's Esther Perel or somebody else has, has this line. Do you want to be right? Or do you want to be married? Yes. <laughs> that's such it. A great little pithy yeah. saying. Yeah. Well, and, and then the outcome is it's, it's not, Oh, Amy holds it over me. Like, Oh, see, mm-hmm. glad, glad you came to your senses. No, and that's the beautiful you know? thing about that teaching of Jesus's like the, I believe that that teaching of you have to lose your life to gain it. There is Mm -hmm. something that is now it's not one size fits all, but there is something deeply true about that. And that's why he said it. Uh, And that's right. And so what, but what's tough is I think it takes maturity and discernment to figure out where to apply these things and how to apply them in an individual case. And I actually want to say, I I think that there is, that this is actually a problem for a lot of Christianity. Let me see if I can say this concisely. So I think that there is a tendency in the West, which, which is basically this Judeo-Christian civilization 
series of civilizations that are related to each other that we call Western Civ. And I think we have, as I understand it, maybe more of a proclivity to aim for like purity and perfection and like 100 out of 100 scores on things. Um, I think Kierkegaard, who I love a ton, is kind of guilty of this. Like Fear and Trembling is all about the night of faith, this like perfect exemplar of Christian fidelity and faithfulness. Whereas, very broadly speaking, an Eastern worldview is a bit more about balance. It's about the right things in the right amounts and finding harmony between those elements. And we do have those voices in the West. I mean, I, I always think of Aristotle and the way that he thought of ethics as like the, you know, the good life for Aristotle is like the right amount of money, the right amount of power, the right amount of courage and forbearance. And, and like, you know, even courage itself and the virtues are these golden means in between two extreme ends on the other side. So you have, you have like foolhardiness on the left and you have cowardice on the right. And in the middle, neither foolhardy nor cowardly, that's courage, you know, being Mm -hmm. appropriately risky at the right time. Mm. And I, I will be honest and say, now, I I don't know how much of that I can lay at like the feet of Jesus uh, versus, you know, various church fathers and interpreters or even various New Testament authors or something. But as I get older, I'm just less and less drawn to that that part of Kierkegaard. I like other parts of him. Yeah. Uh, I'm less and less drawn to that. Oh, to, you know, purity of heart is to will one thing. I will will Mm -hmm. this. I will just have this one thing in me and I'll get it all the way there. I will be this like perfect special ops soldier for, for Christ, you know? And, and I'm more like, uh, let's think about balance. Uh, what's, what's the, what's a nice middle ground here between extremes and, that is tension. I think it actually maps on pretty well to the tension between self-care, enjoyment, and dying to self. Like, how far? D- like, die my whole self? My wife and I are just days away from the birth of our second son. And so if you are hearing this now... It means that I am currently getting no sleep and I will not be conducting any you have permission interviews for the next few weeks. Don't worry. We've already we banked a bunch of them ahead of time. So there will not be any sort of significant break in the action from your perspective uh, unless something else happens. So no big deal there. Um, And I'm not I'm not here asking for, you know, a sympathy Patreon contribution or anything like that I'm just letting you know that this ad is going to be running for a month or two because I'm not going to want to record another one and tell you about the ber- the perks of becoming a patron at patreon.com slash Dan those perks include of course two exclusive episodes per month not available on the main feed at least not the whole thing on the main feed access to the Facebook group which is for patrons only and every episode of this podcast ad free on the special patron feed 
which comes into your email inbox once you sign up and you can add it to your regular podcast app and you can listen to all these episodes, the normal ones, not just the patron ones, without any ads. So that's why you might go to patreon.com slash Dan Koch and give seven bucks a month to be a part of the Patreon community. You might also do it mainly because of the Facebook group and the resources there and the community there. There's any number of reasons, really, why you might want to do this. You might think of it as like a, a, a shower present for a new baby. You might just feel bad for me. And maybe you've been here uh, before. Maybe you've been here more than two times. And you know just how exhausted I will be for the foreseeable future. Either way, thank you for being a regular listener of this show, whether or not you join the Patreon community. I don't really care. I'm grateful for your involvement. Thanks for listening, thinking through this stuff with me. I appreciate all the emails I get from listeners. Feel free to send those. This is getting too long for a Patreon ad, so I will end it here. Patreon.com slash Dan Cope. Our family of now four. Thanks, you. Do you see that same tension of a, like a in in the Christian West a kind of perfectionism a kind of yes. trying to be sold out on fire and do you see the tension between that and a kind of like oh what's the right amount of this you know kind of a thing the older i get the less and less i find myself able to rely on my, on my own enthusiasm hmm I, I read Fear and Trembling. I, I think it's been about twelve years ago, but you can feel you can feel such a fervor in Kierkegaard in yeah. that in that particular book. And I think when I was much younger, I related to him more so than I do now. And e- even even though I I am almost exclusively in living and breathing in the evangelical context, I'm, I, I probably don't think about zeal and faith in the same way that your average evangelical would or does. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I love that my kids go to youth group and they jump up and down and they get excited about God. I think that's wonderful, but I, I don't want to ask them to be doing the same thing when they're 50. You know, mm. it's like you, you, you had mentioned that maturing process. And I think that I don't, maybe it is maturity. Maybe it's not, I'm not sure, but, but, but it's, it's that, it's that Walt Whitman thing where he says, extract the things that offend your soul, you know, like, and that's, that's a very, obviously open-ended statement, but I know what I can carry within my body at this point in my life. I know what I can, what the belief I can carry. I, I know the action that I can carry. So I, I probably am more in the, in the look for balance school of thought than I am like, you've got to give everything to this dying to yourself today. Yeah. Like, I'm just not there because because I go to Walmart, man, and I I I shop and I stand in line with all these people and I go to the I go to the post office and people are yelling at each other and I drive down the road and you know it's like if you don't have I don't know how to live in the regular world of my daily life 
with the zeal of Kierkegaard and, and that, that like white hot penetrating faith, not to be crass, but it's like the expectation of walking around with an orgasm all of your life. Like right. it's like right. everything is supposed to be at that pinnacle of like achievement. Right. And that's just not, that's just not how life is. And so I, I'm looking for that cruciform life within the nooks and crannies of, of my day and back to folks that are growing up in contexts that are a little bit more legalistic, maybe, maybe fundamentalist man, interpreting that phrase, Jesus's words through that lens could be pretty damaging, I guess, at some point, you know, Mm, yeah, that's why I, I always tend to rely on this idea that the only control that God envisions for human beings to hold within themselves is self-control. So if, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm preaching any kind of message about dying, I I really feel like the only person who could legitimately do that would be Jesus, you know, (laughs) but if I was an echo of that, it would really be just speaking to myself in order to, die to the habits in my own life, which bring about destruction mm-hmm. within my world, whether, whether it's to my family, to my neighbor, whoever, you know, I, I want to work hard. I may not have a bunch of evangelical Christian zeal at the worship service on Sunday morning, but I can definitely be about the business of my heavenly father, which I believe at this point is tempering the baser desires that I still find within myself. Yeah. My personality, I'm not the kind of person who was raised to be meek and mild and a doormat with a bunch of Christian scripture (laughs) wrapping, you know, to wrap that up. And like, if anything, I, I err on the other side, like I have too healthy of an ego. I am too interested in power, fame, money, notoriety, whatever, yeah, you know, so, yeah. and, and I, and that's a, that's a through line through in a you're, you're a professional musician and songwriter, and that's my uh, former line of work as well. And, and it's a, it's a through line between that and being a, a therapist and a podcaster, you know, like I, yeah. I need the die to yourself. And it's been interesting yes. to figure out through doing therapy that I also need the self-care yeah. And you know, that's, so that's that probably the, probably the answer is just something like locating yourself on that continuum and which mm-hmm. of those, which of those ideas, which are in some tension with each other, do you need more of as a person given your, mm. you know, given yourself. And I think that, you know, generally if I wasn't doing therapy, I would actually need less self-care. And I think I did need less of it because mm. because I, I pursue the things I enjoy very naturally. I, I'm quite a hedonist in a very yeah. basic sense. Yeah. Uh, not that I'm getting blotto all the time or, you yeah. know, <laughs> gorging myself on feasts, you know, and, and yeah. uh, surrounding myself with naked women. But in yeah. a hedonist in the sense of, man, I really like pleasurable and diverse oh, yes. experiences. I totally understand. You know what I mean? Yes. Just for the sake of any parents 
in your listenership. There's plenty. I had this thought. So Amy and I had six kids. All of our, most of our kids are grown and out of the house now, but we practice self-care every day. When, when our kids were little, we had a bedtime. We had like an, a seven thirty or eight o'clock bedtime. Those yeah. kids were in their bed because the self-sacrifice of being a parent while they're and awake working, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Working all day, both of us just being like, we had to put them in bed so that we could drink a glass of wine, watch TV, mm-hmm. have a conversation, right? It's, it's not either or, right? It, like just on a daily basis of your life. Now, now it's, it would be a problem if we didn't give any care to our kids and we were neglecting them and we were just right. I don't know, watching TV all the time and doing drugs or whatever. It's like, it's, it's back to the balance thing that you were, you were talking about earlier. And I think that that's really, that, that, that's probably my heart when I'm thinking about dying to oneself, I'm thinking of it in those terms. Like, yeah, these kids, we brought them into the world. We, we were working really hard to raise them, give them what they need. And then at some point we're running on empty. So we've got to, cultivate our relationship. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, so I, I think that would be like a practical example of, of, uh, of good self care on the, on the, on the back end of maybe losing your life all day. <laughs> yeah. I think parenting is you a know? good example of the lose your life to gain it uh, principle at work. I, I mean, I think it might mm-hmm. be the, it might be the number one forum in which the average person experiences that principle Uh, because you do, you do have to give so much of yourself to be a Mm -hmm. good parent. And it just in time and effort. In fact, I'll, I'll just, I'll close with one little story just from last night. I had a long day. I had, uh, I had six clients and a supervision session. So I had seven hours in a nine day hour day, a nine hour day at the office. And I, and I came back and, and I had done bed night, bedtime the night before. Usually my wife and I will go every other night. And I was like, I was like, I know you've been with him, but like, can I, like, can you kind of take over here soon? And she's like, seriously, dude, like, you know, I've been with him all day. He's been asking about playing with you throughout the day. Mm. Uh, you know, she's like, come on, man, get your shit together. And yeah. I could have leaned into the self-care air quotes there. Yeah. I chose to go, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try and rise to the occasion here. And, and I, and I did, and we played for another 40 minutes or so till it was time for bed. And it wasn't that long that she was asking me to, to play with him for, but yeah. honestly, dude, it was like so fun. We ended up, oh, yeah. he ended up just like laughing so much and, and being so silly and it, yes. I was like, what the, like, why would I have not wanted this? This, this is yeah. like the best possible thing I can give him at his developmental stage. And it was also like the best thing I could do with my time. And, but I was tired. I was legitimately yes. tired. I, I wasn't tired. Cause I'm a, cause I'm a loser. I was just tired. Right. And I yeah. did have to sort of like find another gear and commit to the commit to the thing, but I was so glad that I did. And that's just, it's a small one, but, but like, I, I think it wouldn't have been as sweet of a time if it wasn't a little bit hard for me to do it. That's, that's maybe where the principle comes in is that it would have been a fun playtime either way. Cause he was being delightful. But I think the fact that I was like 
a bit surprised. I was a bit like, okay, I'm going to lean into this thing. I don't really want to right now. Then, but then the fact that that really paid off, you know, uh, I, I think that's part can of it. I think that's a wonderful example. And I would, I would say this, I know this word is fashionable, but I want to use it anyway. That to me is, is it's grit. When, when you, mm-hmm. when you are tired and you decide to throw it into another gear to push yourself a little further, that's that, that to me is dying to oneself but because we're not actually talking about the final outcome of death, what we're really talking about are these little deaths that we do in our daily lives that they feel at first like a death to us. But there's a it, it's like there's there's an untapped energy that we attain when we decide to do that. And I think that that would probably be my overall hope for us as human beings walking around in this age of self-care would that that self-care wouldn't be our goal it would be a necessary tool that we use within our lives to lead us to these places where when the moment asks us for a little bit more and we that we have that gritty muscle that we can flex and kind of like I don't know if that makes sense. That's the only way I know how to say it, but it's it's just pushing into things when they appear harder than, you know, maybe w- what we would like to do in just in a natural sense, but we do it anyways and man, the benefits are huge. Okay, last thing I'll say is that two things. Number 1, I love that you said this word is in fashion, but I'm still going to use it anyway. I really <laughs> That just makes me, I feel seen. Um, I do want to say too, that grit, uh, grit has been studied empirically and it's, Mm. there have been these researchers who have tried to sort of clarify what that is, but it's basically perseverance of effort um, is is one half of, of kind of what people talk about when they talk about grit and there, you know, it's been, it's been studied a lot around academic outcomes and stuff, but there is some evidence uh, that it relates to psychological well-being, to satisfaction mm. in life, to a sense of harmony in one's life. And some of the ways that it probably does it is through a, an internal sense of coherence and authenticity. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, I'm, I'm pulling from a Journal of Happiness studies from uh, Viano et al. here from 2016. But, you know, people can look it up. There's There's some – in the weeds, there's some controversy about how to measure this and what exactly we're doing, but but there's undeniably something there that even shows up in the peer-reviewed literature. And, mm. you know, grit is not exactly the same thing as lose your life that you might gain it, but it's not unrelated. For sure. You know, and, and so I think that's that's probably a cool place for us to end it. I'm going to bring Matt on to talk about his experience of, of bipolar disorder and mm. uh I think people are going to enjoy kind of having the the two sides of the conversation here. Andy, thank you so much. We'll put a link to your uh, Instagram handle, which I would highly recommend as a, as a follow um, as well as just your, your personal website, which I know has your music and other stuff on it. Thanks Dan so much. Been great as usual. Yeah. Per usual. 